Come on. Praise God. Oops, sorry, I'm in your way. Man. Unreal. What happened? He caught it? Like a beast. Come on now. Come on. Someone, Andy, thank you, man. That guy's a good dude. Well, that makes for an awkward transition. <laughs> but it's all good. Isn't it good to be in church? Yeah? Man, I'm pumped to be here. I haven't had the privilege of preaching uh, well, a whole sermon for like five weeks. Because we had Easter, and then uh, after Easter we had baptisms, and after baptisms I got lazy for two weeks and imported some guest speakers, and, and then now I get to preach the word today, so I'm fired up. Um, Amanda, Amanda thinks that because I haven't preached for so long that I'm going to be long-winded, uh, and that it's going to go for a long time. And uh, she, I even said to her before service last night that I think that I could land this plane by 20 past 7 last night. Or that would be by whatever it is then, 20 to, no, like 10 to 10 or something. Is that right? Yeah, by 10 to 10. And, this is, and she goes, it's not that I don't think you can. It's that I don't think you will. <clears throat> Who was wrong last night, Amanda? Amanda was wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So there was no move of God last night, but, um, and all because I was trying to prove Amanda wrong, but, um, but we'll see what happens this morning, all right? So I'm just messing with you. We do not muzzle the Holy Ghost at Eternity Church, right? And, uh, and uh, we also don't use him as an excuse for poor preparation either. Um, we're not one of those churches, um, but, uh, but, but God's going to move how God's going to move today, and we're going to let him, amen? And uh, as I was preparing my message today, as I was reading through Genesis, uh, sorry, for today, uh, as I was reading through Genesis chapter 15, um, there was a tension between, uh, you know, uh, the, the age-old idea that a preacher needs to preach for a change. Have you heard that before, preaching for a change, that every sermon uh, there should be some tangible change on Monday because of Sunday. That's not necessarily bad, but uh, as I was reading through it, um, I really felt led that, that what I wanted to preach for today was for understanding, <clears throat> right? See, Scripture says, I, I don't have my, 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 my phone on me, but it says that all Scripture is useful uh, for reproof, for correction, for discipline, and for teaching. And, uh, and today what I want you to do is I want you to leave uh, church having uh, a better understanding of imputed righteousness, okay? Having a better understanding of why what you believe matters and why God credited that to Abraham as righteousness, okay? And so if you could turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 15, uh, you can take your seat after I read the scriptures. If you do beforehand, it signals to me and the rest of the world that you do not value the word of God. Now look around, if anyone's sitting down there like, this is a judgmental church. <coughs> I was just kidding, it doesn't mean that at all, all right? So, but I am, by the way, speaking of being a judgmental church, I am going to preach uh, a message uh, very soon, in the next few weeks, about why the best churches are judgmental churches, all right? 
And, um, and so that's going to be a really good message for you. Little teaser. Have you ever had someone say, don't judge me? Come on. Have you ever had someone say, don't judge me? Have you noticed, though, that they only say that if the result of your judging is that they've done something wrong? But if you say to them, well, that was a really good job, you absolutely just judged them. And so it's not that they don't want judgment. They just, all they want in their life is affirmation, right? And a, bed, a, a great church will judge righteously and help someone correct their lives and line it up with the Word of God so that they can live in the favor and the blessing that God has ordained for them. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> so that sermon will come very soon and we'll deal with the tensions between do not judge and you ought to judge. So we'll deal with that tension in a few weeks. But Genesis chapter 15, it says, And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I'm your shield. Uh, your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliza of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my house shall be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to Abram and said, That man shall not be your heir, but your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and he said, Look towards the heaven. Number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to them, So shall your offspring be. And here is the key line for today's sermon. And Abram believed the Lord. And God counted it to him as righteousness. Come on, let's pray before I preach today. <coughs> Heavenly Father, I'm asking for your help to preach your word. Help me to preach in a way that all your sons and all your daughters, that they get it, that they understand it, and are able to see the power and the glory of God displayed in the truth of your word. And I pray that because of this moment, that we would be inspired to trust you more, Lord God, to, to see you more clearly, to love you more dearly, and to follow you more clearly, as DC Talk wrote. God, we pray that that really would be the outcome today, that we're not just here because we want some massive change in our lives, but we want to understand you better. We want to know you better, and we want to follow you better. In Jesus' name, could someone say amen? Amen. amen. You may high-five one of your neighbors and take your seats. All righty. Uh, by the way, if you are new, welcome to Eternity Church. Glad to have you here today. Uh, I've got a gift for you. Uh, no matter which campus you're at, Audubon, Allwine, uh, Clive, uh, we've got a gift for you. If you just go to the uh, people wearing fluorescent yellow, buy the exit doors out there. They want to give you a gift. We just want to say thanks for coming to church today. Uh, we love you and we know and we believe that as you uh, continue to find yourself in the house of God, uh, sitting under the Word of God, that your life will uh, get better. Amen. And we like to say here that God's way is better. Uh, that is, that uh, it's not that God's way is easier, um, but that God's way is better. Amen. And if you live your life God's way, you will discover, quick, smart, and hurt, that it is better. So I want to encourage you to come back next week and the week after that and the week after that. And, uh, and, and, and I just, I can guarantee you that if you get your butt into the house of God every week for six months, you will look back and say, well, my life is better than it was before I did. Amen? <clears throat> so God bless you. Um, okay, Genesis chapter 15. 
Uh, and Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. Growing up, I knew a young fella. Um, we'll call him Chris today, just in case he watches our online service and is like, wow, they're using me as an example, and it's not very good. Um, so we're going to call this guy Chris today, all right? Um, now, Chris told more lies than truths. It was hilarious. It didn't matter what you said, but he always had a better story. It didn't matter what your dad did, bought, said, went to, accomplished. His dad was better than your dad. Anyone knows someone like that, right? Their story is always better than your story. And, you know, if your dad bought a new Corvette, his dad bought a helicopter. If your dad bought a helicopter, his dad bought a Learjet, right? If you got shot hunting with your friends and the shotgun pellets hit you in the ankle, he'll tell you about the time he got shot in the chest and barely survived. If you got shot in the chest, he got shot in the head. Anyone knows someone like that, right? Like that no matter what it is that you say, they've got something better to say, right? And no matter what's happened to you, no matter what you've survived, they've survived something better than you. No matter how much you can bench press, they can bench press more than you, but they're always injured and can never do it at the time that you're having the argument, right? anybody else. You've got a friend. You can run. They always say that they can run faster than you. The one time that you actually manage to convince them to race you, right at the end, they pull a hammy, right? Come on now. I'm just kidding to my friend that we actually did that race a couple of weeks ago. Just wanted to uh, ridicule you in a sermon. I should not have done that. Please forgive me. It got to the point with Chris, though, where we would say out of this world things to see what amazing lie he could come up with to beat it. And he would always try to convince you that what he's saying is 100% true. The thing about Chris is we never believed anything that Chris said. Oh, we believed that Chris existed, but when Chris spoke, we didn't believe Chris. See, Abram didn't just believe that God existed. He didn't just believe that Yahweh was real, but he believed God when he spoke. There's a difference, my friends. And it wasn't believing that Yahweh existed that God then credited him righteousness. It was believing what God said that then God credited him as righteous. Because Abram already believed that God existed. We saw that chapter after chapter after chapter. We've been talking about Abram for a few weeks right now. But it was when we see him that in, in Abram's heart that he begun to believe God at his word, that's when God said, and that makes you righteous. Who knows, there's more to believing in God than just believing that God exists, okay? See, most of America believes that God exists, but guess what? So does the devil. Most of America believes that God has power, and guess what? So does the devil. The devil's even experienced God's power. Most Americans believe that God can do miracles, and so does the devil. 
Most Americans, or I should say a lot of people, believe that God created the world. Guess what? The devil knows that God created the world. Most Americans believe that God loves us, and so does the devil. The devil believes that God loves you also, but it hasn't saved him, has it? So the title today is, the title of my message today is, So Does the Devil. See, Scripture says that the demons believe God exists too. Can I tell you right now, I want to be a better Christian than the demons. Come on. I want to be a better believer than the devil. I don't want to live a life where I simply believe that God exists, but rather I want to be like Abram. I want to believe God. This interaction between Abram and God is mentioned again in Romans chapter 4. We'll put it up on the screen if we can. <coughs> Excuse me. It says that is why his, being Abram, that is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. Amen. It will be counted to us who believe in him. And it's important that you understand that this in is not just a word like I believe in Santa Claus or I believe in I believe in. Connor, or I believe in Clara, I believe in... No, no, this in, actually in many translations, is translated upon, and it goes so much deeper than believing that they're real, okay? Um, and, and, and who believe in him, or believe upon him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. And then in Romans 10, 9, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, because... If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, someone say, Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Believing in God is more than simply believing that God exists. Because so does the devil. Come on now. Believing in God, often translated as believing upon God, is to believe God. Not just to believe that God exists, but like Abram, but to believe God. If you believe God, to trust God, to submit your life to God as Lord. There's a lordship involved in believing upon God, okay? Uh, a lordship would indicate that he is now the boss of your life. And there's a lordship involved in believing in or believing upon God. So I want to unpack that a little bit for you, okay? So obviously, to believe upon God, first we must believe that God, right? So we have to believe there is a God if we're going to... So yes, in that sense, we, to believe upon God, we must believe that God exists, um, you know, but again, even the demons believe that. Um, Muslims believe that Jesus existed. Hindus believe that our God is a God. And woke and progressive Christians believe that God is Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But the problem is the, the pre-mentioned, none of them really believe him when he speaks. Or worse, they don't believe what he says or what he has spoken. And to believe upon God, we must believe what God has said. 
okay? To believe, come on, let me say it again, to believe upon God, we must believe what God has said. See, Muslims believe that Jesus existed. They call him Issa in Arabic. They believe he was a prophet in the Quran. They even call him the Messiah at times in the Quran. But they overlook what he said. They overlook his own claims as the son of God. You cannot believe that Jesus existed and attribute to him some divine calling as a Messiah or an important prophet, but not believe the words that he said, namely that I am the son of God, that I and the Father are one, or that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. See, they believe Jesus existed, but they don't believe what Jesus said. Hindus believe that our God is a God. Often when practicing Hindus talk of our God or our Messiah, they will ascribe him a divine nature and add him to a list of their collection of gods, so to speak. But in doing so, in believing that he is a God, they do not believe what God has said, namely that no one comes to the Father except through me, or you shall have no other gods but me. And so they believe that God exists, but they don't believe God like Abram believed God. Are y'all with me right now, right? I'm trying to give you an understanding of where your righteousness comes from, all right? So we're going to go through some hard stuff, but it's also going to be really, really good uh, and enlightening for you, okay? Now I want to talk about this sort of movement in the Western world towards this woke and progressive sort of version of Christianity. Now they too believe that their God is the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They believe that a God exists, but they too don't believe what God has said, meaning they don't believe God. They have become idolaters whose God is the earth, whose sexuality is their holiness. That is, it is only sexuality and gender identity that sets you apart from somebody else. That's the most important uh, sort of thing that sets you apart. And their self-identification has become more important to them than God's plans, than God's identification of them, than the image in which God created them in. They worship the created rather than the creator. Can I tell you, it's not enough to believe that God exists, but not worship him as Lord of your life. You cannot claim to be a Christ follower and not believe the Christ. You cannot claim to be a Christian and care not about what he said. Cannot claim to be saved, but not actually believe that he saves you from something to something else. You cannot claim to be a believer who does not believe. You cannot claim to be saved from your sin without believing that what you were doing was in fact sin. See, you are not saved simply by knowing who God is. So if you've just, you're not saved if you just know God but have not made him your God. It's not enough to know the Lord without making him your Lord. Can we put Romans 1 up on the screen there? Okay. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their 
foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, 2023, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And then scripture goes on to say, and so God gave them over to a debased mind. So I want to unpack that for you. I told you it was going to get a little deep. Y'all still with me? Anyone come here hoping to learn more about God today? All right? Come on, that, that's what we should come to church for, right? I want to understand his word better, all right? You may be like, I don't have 20 hours to read this. I don't have 20 hours a week to study this. But guess what? I do. Amen? And so I want to share with you, man, this thing's causing me trouble today. There we go. All right? So I want to share with you. I want to unpack that a little bit further for you. I've got really, really, really flipping good news, Okay? All right, I've got really good news. We're going to get there in a sec. But a lot of people know what Scripture says, but do not believe that God's way is better than their way. To believe upon God, we must believe that God's way is better than our way. It's not enough to believe there is a God yet not believe what he has to say. But it's also not enough to believe what God says, but not believe that what God says is good, is better, is best for you, amen? That is, that God's ways are better than our ways, that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Isaiah 55, verses 6 to 9. Uh, put that up there for me. Um, uh, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. By the way, let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. Listen, what you believe matters. Come on, what you believe absolutely matters. Let him forsake what he believes let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon him. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Come on now, church. You've got to believe that God's ways are better than your ways, that his thoughts are better than your thoughts, that this book here, though somewhat inconvenient at different times in your life, when you line your word, uh, when you line your life up with it, it is better. Can someone say amen? It is better than my ways. I have this battle with my kids all the time. Anybody else? <clears throat> right? I have things to say, they know what I said, and they do other things. They just really believe that their way is better than my way. And, and, and I can understand the struggle to do the right thing, but could we start with believing the right thing? Oh, how my anger comes down so much more quickly when my kids at least acknowledge that their dad did actually know better. You know? And they humble themselves and say, I'm sorry, instead of fighting me, fighting me, fighting me about how their way is better than mine. No, Dad, because my kids sound like sort of broken rednecks because of this sort of mixture of Australian slash you Iowans and your redneck accent. And 
So my kid's like, no, Dad, eating chocolate on the white couch with chocolate-covered fingers is fine. No, I won't spill any. I won't make any marks. I, I won't get any on the white couch. No, we can drink drinks on the couch. We won't spill any. I'm like, listen, I'm not being a jerk face. It's just I know that you will spill that on there. It's just the couch looks better white. It feels better soft. You won't like it as much when all the neighborhood ants and mice live in our couch. Trust me, Dad's plan is better than your plan. It's so much better to keep a clean couch than have to buy a new couch or try and refurb that couch. Trust me, when Dad says don't run on the street, it's not because he's a jerk face. It's because F-150s at 35 miles an hour hurt. But how much more important is it with God? Now, it's one thing to make a mistake, absolutely. It's one thing to struggle with sin, absolutely. It's one thing to battle through your desires, I get it. But it's a whole other thing to disregard God's word and God's ways as inferior and lower than your ways or the ways that the world offers you. To believe in God, to believe upon God, we don't only believe he said things, but we believe he knows best, that his plans are good, that his ways are better. And with that belief in our hearts, our lives will begin to line up with what God says. But if we do not believe that God is right, then our hearts, and oh, especially our actions, will never line up with God's word. Now, the beautiful thing about our faith is that it's not by works that we are saved, Right? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some things now. I'm going to flip the script on you. It's going to be rough, all right? But it's going to be fun. I, I'm going to have fun anyway. <laughs> See, it's not your behavior that saves your soul. It's what you believe. <clears throat> Did you hear that? This is the only religion on earth where it's not your behavior that saves your soul, but it's what you believe. And what you believe will begin to transform what you desire, and what you desire will begin to transform how you behave, but it all starts with what do you believe? The crazy thing about our faith is this. Ours is not a behavior-based religion. It's a faith-based religion. That is, a person who struggles with sin is not unsaved because of the sin, so long as what they believe is right. Not so long as they believe they're right but so long as they believe the right things. For example, the person who struggles with same-sex attraction but believes the Word of God over and higher than the feelings that they feel. That is, they believe that God is right when He says that homosexuality is wrong and they are asking God for help to overcome it. That person is saved. Because what you believe matters. Did you hear me? That person is saved. Because they want God to help them overcome the struggle and the sin in their lives. They want to line their lives up and do it. But oh, the struggle in their humanity. But they believe right. And eventually, that will change their desires and their behavior. Now, that's not an excuse for bad behavior. That doesn't mean you can go on and do whatever you want. No, it doesn't. It's still sin. 
But if you believe right, there's the grace to create the space to overcome the sin. You hear me? But check this out. On the contrary, a person who may not struggle with homosexuality and knows what God's word says about it, but then disregards God's word and God's position on it, and then begins to affirm that sin and support the sin and promote the sin as good and wholesome, is probably not saved, even though their behavior may appear to be better than the one who struggles with the sin. That's wild! Is that not wild? Is it just me who thinks that's wild? Because what you believe is what brought you your righteousness. And what you believe is what will is what will permeate your desires and what you desire will begin to permeate your behavior. See, if you walk into church with a t-shirt that says, God loves porn and so do I, you believe wrong. If you walk into church knowing the word of God, knowing what God has to say, and you wear a shirt that says, God loves abortion and so do I, you believe wrong. You're wearing a shirt that says, God loves gossip, and so do I. But you know that that's against the word of, you believe wrong. Come on now. If you come to church, listen, here's the crazy thing. If you know what God's word says, and yet you marry someone of the same gender as you, you believe wrong. And you have not been credited righteousness. If you don't believe what the word of God has said, or if you know what God has said and disregard it, promoting something else, supporting something else, uh, affirming something else, you, you don't believe God. See, the one who promotes the sin, your facilitation is far worse than participation. Even Paul talks about this. He goes, oh, they do this. He starts listing all the things. Remember from a few months ago we talked about it? Paul like gets mad, like madder than a cut snake, right? And he's listing all the things that he just can't tolerate with these evil people. And he goes at the end, he goes, and worse, they promote it too. Oh, on judgment day, I don't want to be the one that promoted ungodliness as godliness and wholesomeness. But the final point that I want to make, sorry, to clarify that, the difference between the two people is one supports, affirms, and promotes sin. And that's very different to a person who may be struggling with sin. One struggling toward victory. The other is cheering people toward bondage. One believes right and asks for God's help. The other does not believe God or disregards God's word. Your behavior does not save you, but believing God and making him Lord of your life does. See, this is a faith-based religion, not a works-based religion. The final point I want to make is this, about believing in God as opposed to just believing that he exists. To believe upon God, we must submit to God as Lord of our lives. Amen? I have faith that God exists. I believe that what God has spoken is true. 
I believe that his ways are higher than my ways. And in response, I'm willing to live how he says to live. Can we put the next slide up on the screen? Because I believe he is God, and I believe what he has said, and I believe that his ways are better than my ways, so I am willing to obey him. I'm willing to obey him. So I choose to walk toward him. And I know that along the way, I'll discover more about him. And I'll discover more about his ways. And I'll discover more about his word. And I'll trust him because I know him. Because I know that his ways are better than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So I can confidently say that I will follow him all the days of my life. And I believe that what I don't know about him is as true and as right and as good as what I already know about him. And I believe that what I don't understand about him is as true and as right and as good as what I do already understand about him. If I, and, and I know that even though I don't understand why he hates this and hates that and says this and says that, that it is true and it is right and it is good for me, for society, for our church, for our families, for our country. Because I believe him and I trust him. So I submit my life to him. And I want to see my life begin to honor him or continue to honor him more and more and more and more and more. And there's no area of my life that is not open to his word and his correction. It's not that I won't struggle in sin every now and again. I did not say there's no area of my life that has sin. I didn't say that. I said there's no area of my life that I don't want to line up with his word. There's no area of my life that isn't open to God's correction and direction. Someone say amen. But as we believe the right things about God, our lives will get better. We will have victory. You will go from strength to strength to strength to strength. You will have a faith that's better than the demons. No one will be able to talk about you and your faith and say, yeah, but so does the devil. So I'll close with this. You got to get your head right. We got to get our head right. What you believe matters. Abram believed God and God credited to him as righteousness. Now let me be clear, earlier in my story that I told, I'm not in any way affirming sin as good and wholesome or something that's okay. It's not okay. I'm just saying the person who struggles with any sin and in their heart they want God's help to overcome that sin, well done. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep struggling. Keep going. Keep going. Proud of you. God's good. Amen. But to the person who affirms sin as good and wholesome, I'm just going to stand back on judgment day. If we die in the same bus, I'm going to ask God for 30 more seconds. And I won't be near you. <laughs> Do not conform to the patterns of this world goes on to say, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What was the scripture we read in Isaiah? And, sorry, not in Isaiah. To um, let the unrighteous forsake his thinking, his mind, the way that he thinks. But be transformed.
transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not let the world mess with your head. If you notice, here's the thing in the world. They don't care how you behave. They don't care what you do. They care what you believe. There's no pressure out there for you to necessarily have to behave a certain way. But there's a lot of pressure for you to believe a certain thing. Put your pronouns in your bio. Put your pronouns on your email. Usually for me, that's an indicator I don't want to do business with somebody, but... Like, there's a lot of pressure to change what you believe is right, to change what you believe is good, to change what you believe is not. But here's the thing. Don't mess with what you believe. Don't mess with it. Because this is a faith-based religion. And what you believe absolutely does matter. You've got to believe right to be right. Amen? Because the truth is that those who know God's word and do not believe it or do not believe that he's right, they're not Christians. They're not Christ followers. Yes, how we behave matters. And in our church, we have a high standard for behavior too, but we've got a lot of grace to help people get there. But even still, it doesn't save you. What you believe saves you. What you believe changes your behavior. So get your head right. Get in the Word of God. Let it wash over your soul. Believe it. Trust it. Trust that His way is better and it will produce great fruit and transform your life. Amen. Would you all mind standing up with me just for a few minutes? Pastor Amanda, could you and your team come on out? I know you weren't expecting me to be this close to the end as you were expecting me to finish at 12 o'clock. Just having a fight with some of my staff and I like to fight in front of people so I can have witnesses. She fights dirty, so I like having witnesses. All right. So, we're going to have an altar call. But the truth is, I didn't preach this message. And I know this sounds bizarre because I 100% believe in the need to have full altars in church. I do, 100%. But I think what those altars need to mostly be about is just repeatedly coming down the front and saying, I acknowledge your way is better, help me. You hear what I'm saying? I acknowledge your way is better, help me. We're saying, God, I want to be holy. I want to live different. I want to think different. I want to desire different. And I want to walk different than the world. I don't just want to behave different. I want to believe what's right. Even when we struggle, even when we sin, even when we fall down, you're still righteous. So long as you believe God. Those who believe God, say amen. Amen. So I want to open the front for prayer. And for some of you, you've been feeling a lot of worldly pressure to conform to the patterns of this world. And today, maybe for you, coming to the altar is simply this, walking down and being like, not today, devil. You're just making a stand. I love that. Man, I love it when people are like, nah, nah, 
I'm coming to the altar. I'm offering a sacrifice. Instead of going out for brunch straight away, I'm just I'm saying, no, I've got space in my life to stand firm for the Lord. And so some of you just want to come down and be like, man, I am not going to give in. God, I pray that where the pressure had begun to sort of twist my thinking or I'd started to think that maybe I can give up on that or maybe I can let go of this stuff because I know what the Word says, but it just, well, maybe. Well, I'll tell you what. Maybe you want to come down the front and just say, Lord, transform me by renewing my mind and helping me get my mind right in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.